And Lord, 21 years removed from 9-11, we need a touch from God more than ever. I pray that you would revive our hearts, that you would renew our faith. And this morning you would help us, Lord, that we might walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because there is a battle and one is always going to win whatever one we surrender to. And Lord, I ask that you would work. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're God's sons. They're God's children. But he speaks in verse 13 of something challenging. He says, if you live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, to mortify, to push down, to put under, to subdue by the grace of God. We can't do this in our own strength. He says, if you do it, you shall live. But Romans 8 talks about victory. He says there's no condemnation in verse 1. No condemnation. Man, everybody today wants to live in a world free of condemnation, right? Uh, don't condemn me. I got my own rights. I can do my own thing. Uh, there is no condemnation to them. It says, which are in Christ Jesus to them who, what does it say? Who walk not after the what? The flesh, but after the spirit. So he says there ought to be an evidence sign that we're not following the easy path, but the hard path. There ought to be an evidence sign that we're not living in darkness, but in the light. Emotional living versus spirit-filled living. Victory versus defeat. God wants every believer to find a life of freedom in the perfect holy will of God. And if serving Jesus starts to feel like bondage, we might need to get back in the presence of Jesus. You might say, you know what, I think if I surrender my life to the Lord, it might be all bondage. You know what, then I'd have to change. I'd have to do something different. There's a lot of bondage the world experiences. There's a lot of servitude that they experience. It's prison. And uh, I tell you, the Bible talks in the passage of a law of God and a law of the Spirit. There's two laws. And so we're either under the law of God, following his law, or we're under the law of the flesh, the law of the world, which is death. There is so much joy in serving Jesus, and there's nothing quite like devoting your whole life to the cause of seeing others uh, find Christ and grow in their faith. There's nothing more rewarding. There's nothing more fulfilling. And quite frankly, I wish more people would embark on the journey. It's an exciting journey. You know, sometimes God knows exactly what you need to encourage your faith, right? And uh, you ever get a down week? where your feelings start to get a hold of you, okay? I have them just like you do. And the Lord knew exactly what I needed to encourage me. Uh, he gave me my wife, who had a great idea. She said, let's go hear the Collingsworth family sing. We drove four hours Tuesday night to hear them sing. And uh, it was great. We heard the Collingsworth family, and they travel all over the United States and do uh, gospel singing. And as I sat there and heard those songs, and God just ministered to my heart and to our family, it was great. And then we decided to do the crazy feat of driving back that night, right? And we got back in at 2 a.m. because I had a meeting. We're planning a men's conference, okay, in January. And I had a meeting with pastors at 9 a.m. In, in Schenectady, okay, so uh, in Saratoga area. So I, was, I had to run down there. So, you know, uh, you either don't get sleep because your kids stay up or you just don't get sleep because you're driving. So either way, you're gonna, you know, might as well further the kingdom of God. So, you know what, those pastors were so, it was just awesome to fellowship with them. And they're excited about planning this meeting. And we're excited about what God's going to do. And uh, you know what, it's hard to get tempted by the flesh if you just uh, kind of stay in the fight, right? And you know what God did on the way down? I got a text from one of my friends from college on the way driving out there. Four-hour drive, right? He says, can I talk to you? 
he dropped out of Bible college to get married. He knew God was calling him into ministry. Twelve years have gone by, and he called me and said, I want to get into ministry. I just wanted to call and get some advice. We were roommates together. It was just fun talking to somebody that wanted to follow God. And we just had a great time talking about how he was desiring to go into the ministry. And I was so excited for him. Wow. Why? Because 12 years later, he's still considering doing what God called him to do. And uh, it was just an encouraging, refreshing phone call saying, you know what? Look, there's still people seeking the will of God. And he said, you know what? I feel like God's calling me. Well, it turns out he works for a company making motors for California, Briggs and Stratton Engine. They're making small engines for lawnmowers, for weed eaters, for all this kind of stuff. Well, it turns out his job might be on the line, and so he's seriously considering maybe what God might call him to be doing. Pray for him. Pray for him. I think the greatest calling God might put on somebody's life is to try to help others find Christ. And I was so encouraged hearing how God's working in his life and directing him. It's just exciting when God's directing, isn't it? When we seek to push down the flesh and follow the spirit, we can't do it in our own strength. You can only do it by the grace of God. And uh, it's easy to spend our whole life on the shore watching Jesus do miracles and never get in the boat with him. And I think it's exciting to be at a church where good things are happening. And it's even more exciting to be part of helping in the process. And so much decision-making today is entirely emotion-driven. And when we say the word stability, uh, it's a rare thing. But thank God, stability is possible. Stability for most is an emotional state of mind. It's feeling secure because some person is in our life or some situation. We find ourselves as going in the right way and we feel everything's okay. But truly, Christian living should be spirit-guided and spirit-led and spirit-filled. Um, God wants us to walk in the spirit. John Piper said, my feelings are not God. God is God. My feelings do not define truth. God's word defines truth. What defines truth? The very holy, perfect word of God. And so, you know, sometimes we just need to take our feelings back and chuck them and put them right back in the Bible. And it was, it's just encouraging seeing people decide to say, you know, no to their feelings and yes to God. God is truth. The Holy Spirit is truthful and dependable. He will guide us into all truth, John 17 says. And as we respond to the truth, we'll be guided into more truth. It is the Spirit-filled life uh, because God's goal is for every Christian to live their life radically filled by the Holy Spirit so that our very emotions will be brought under the control of the Spirit of God. It was, it was great even last evening, uh, a gentleman who we got to reach out who as a church about four years ago, strung out on drugs. And he used to come in here and sit. Now he's serving God somewhere else, and he got saved here. His wife got saved here. He got married. Now they're deciding to serve Jesus. And we had a sweet conversation last night. Look, it's exciting when somebody found victory in this very place. And now they have a heart to try to follow God in their own way. They're trying to follow the Lord. And they decided to keep a sweet relationship, and I appreciate that. When the Holy Spirit is quenched, sometimes he's quenched subconsciously because we continue living on emotions but not realizing the Spirit of God is, is absent. Emotional living is very dangerous because it may appear to be spirit-filled uh, to the casual observer, but it lacks the holy power of God. Our feelings are not God, and they don't define truth. Emotional living is self-centered. This morning, two points for you. Um, emotional living is self-centered. 
For they, verse 5, that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. The natural man and the carnal man are equally self-centered, driven by a shipwreck of feelings. You don't need to run from reality to find your identity. Um, emotional living is indeed self-centered. When somebody does not know Christ, we're living in the power of self and emotions. And then it's easy to put our faith in Christ, believe, and then to start living in the flesh, living carnally minded. So now we're living dependent on the flesh, trying to do good in the power of the flesh, and it's impossible to do that without the power of God. Uh, we can fake it for a while, but we won't be able to make it. Emotional living is self-centered. It's entirely focused on uh, personal agenda. There are some things that are really important to God, and uh, then other things ought to take, uh, but other things sometimes take front and center instead of the will of God, and they take control over the decisions in our life. Um, we've all met people, maybe, for one reason or another, for an emotional reason. They've decided, I'm never going to go in the house of God. Uh, because, why? Because it, it hurt my feelings. Do you ever go somewhere where you feel a little bit out of place? We were, uh, my wife was given a gift card, and you know, we said, she said, dear, why don't we go out to eat? It was Friday night, I think, right, dear? And so one of our ladies had given her a gift card to Olive Garden, and I haven't been to Olive Garden in a while, and so we went out to eat at Olive Garden. But you know, I felt judged the moment I walked in that place and the moment I left, okay? Um, because why? Uh, I walked in the door, and, and uh, they had some things in there right when I walked in the door. And by the way, I like Olive Garden. I love going there and eating, but it haven't been in a while. And they, they had uh, a selection of the beverages that, uh, that sell for higher price right there in front of me, my selection to choose from. And I felt kind of judged because I knew I wasn't going to partake of one of those. And uh, I walked in, and they heard all the little kids. And, you know, you come in, you feel a little bit, okay, you have kids, uh-oh. And you walk over, and I saw the, heard the waitress say to the other waitress, the section for kids and families is on the other side. And they set us down in the section with all the adults, okay? And, and I, okay, you feel a little bit judged, right? And you know what? Uh, instead of bringing me out a, coost, a coaster that said Lipton tea or something, it said Blue Moon. That's not my beverage of choice, okay? Uh, yeah, I don't drink that for stuff. And I, they, I felt a little bit judged, okay? Uh, we sat down, we prayed over our food. A couple next to us with a little kid, they, uh, with a teenager, they started laughing when we were praying, okay? We just prayed for just a moment. Uh, you know, you feel a little bit judged, okay? I felt a little bit out of place. Why? Because uh, we were the only people drinking water at that place, okay? Everybody else was doing something else. They were going to go drive down the road. Hopefully, they didn't get in an accident, okay? I mean, it was just, I felt a little bit out of place. You ever feel out of place? And uh, sometimes you feel a little bit judged. Why? Because your family prayed and nobody else in the restaurant did. And uh, your family, you know, you're just trying to raise your kids to feel, fear God and follow God and love God. And you feel a little bit judged sometimes because of that. In the same way, sometimes the world is too afraid to walk into church. Why? Because they know in our own conscience, we all know that the word of God is going to teach us to change some things. And in the same way, naturally, the carnal man feels judged before anybody ever looks at him. Just the very presence of a church building makes a carnal man feel judged. Why? Because he's walking in the flesh. And, and in the same way that if you're a Christian, you love the things of God, you're going to walk by certain things and you're going to feel judged. You're going to walk certain places. Uh, there's a certain gas station I go into, man, and I, I feel so out of place in that place. Uh, good grief. And uh, this time I walked in, and I was like, I think I better not walk into that place again. Because uh, it was more than just... Uh, 
normal things they were selling, uh, they were doing some private dealing right in the place. I mean, it was, it was a, quite an experience, okay? I, just, I was just trying to get some innocent gas, okay? Uh, but here, here they're doing private dealing right there and uh, expected I wasn't going to see. I was like, that's so, I felt out of place, okay? Why? Because this world's not my home. As a Christian, you ought to feel that, you know, this world is not my home. This, this stuff is just destroying people's lives and I, I feel out of place. You ought to feel out of place around some things. Uh, you might feel a little bit judged. But you know what? If you're walking in the Spirit, you might feel judged. But you can know that there's no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There ought to be a distinct difference in our life. Emotional living versus, uh, and it's, it's entirely self-centered, versus spirit living, which is Christ-centered Following emotions is a poor guide. Feelings are a poor guide down a dead-end road. Feelings are a poor guide, and that's exactly where they lead. Yesterday, um, we had to take care of something, and uh, my wife has a dream. You know, you know how she likes the smell of manure, right? She also has another thing she wanted. She wanted me to get some pigs. Okay? So she found a deal. We've been waiting for a deal. So we found a deal. Five hours later, they were in the pen. It took 30 minutes to go get them, but my goodness, those things took about two hours to load and about four, it seems like three or four hours to get unloaded. And uh, a prod did not work, nothing worked. Marshmallows might have worked. I mean, the, the mother pig was pretty mad and pretty stubborn. And uh, she could have put us in the hospital. And uh, the little guys, they were special too. And... Uh, you ever hear a pig squeal when you're trying to lead it the right direction? It's something else. But I will tell you, wrestling a few pigs is much, leader than, much easier than trying to mentor somebody to follow Jesus, okay? Um, I got done with that, and I said, man, that was stressful. Uh, my wife and I were both stressed out. We were both trying to figure this thing out the whole time. But at the end of it, it was like, you know what? That was really easy compared to trying to mentor somebody, lead somebody to Christ, and follow Christ, and leave, a, leave the worldly things behind. Because you know what? Uh, the pig, at least, it moved, it went in the pen because it followed the path of least resistance and it stayed and did its job. And uh, then we had to get it out yesterday. And that went actually easier because there was a lot of planning that went into that. But one thing was not planned. I never pulled up the directions on my GPS to take that thing where it needed to go to get chopped up. I followed my co-pilot. And my co-pilot, when we got to a certain road, I said, dear aren't we supposed to go the other way? And she said, no, this is shorter. Pulled down a road, and it was, I'm looking down, I'm like, this is a gravel driveway. And I'm going to have to go two miles. And there are sticks going across this road. And I remember my friends have driven down these types of things before, and the sticks come up and hit their vehicle. This is going to be great. So I start driving down this thing with a trailer. And once you know it, you get about a quarter mile down the road, and there's a gate. And there's no place to turn around. Look, feelings are a poor guy down a dead-end road. We're on a dead-end road, man. I'm like, two more miles on this road is not happening. I don't have chain, uh, bolt cutters with me. And plus, I don't want to get in trouble. I'm a pastor. I've got to preach tomorrow, okay? And so uh, we started backing that thing up, backed all the way out of there, and took it where it needed to go. You know what? It took a lot longer because we went down the wrong road. 
Um, and uh, I like to tease my wife sometimes about her, her navigation with the phone. And I said, dear, you trusted that thing so much. And uh, you know, sometimes we trust uh, our navigation and our phone is kind of like feelings. It's kind of uh, directed by an uh, uh, outside field force called Google, okay? And sometimes it leads us in a wrong direction. Bible says in Galatians 5, verses 17 through 21, speaking of these things, if you would turn there with me, Galatians 5, Galatians 5 and verse 17 through 21, it speaks of the flesh versus the spirit. For they that are after the flesh, it said in, in uh, Romans, do mind the things of the flesh. Now over in Galatians 5 and verse 17, it talks about an inner battle. The flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Do you ever feel like you're at war? That's what you're at war with. That's what I'm at war with. We either win or lose right there. So following the emotions is the path of least resistance. But if you go on in this passage, it speaks of the works of the flesh, and it describes these works in verse 19 as adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, and seditions and heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, and reveling, the party life and such like, which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things, would you read the last phrase, just this is the word of God, what does it say? Shall not inherit Mm. Following emotions is easy. Let's not be quick to judge another, but sometimes, uh, look, we're, we just need to re go back to the Word of God. Feelings are a poor guide down a dead-end road. Following emotions is easy. It's either we're being led by faith or we're being led by feeling. See, faith follows fact. God is good. And because God is good, fact, God's word is true. And as we're seeking to build families of faith, we got to have faith. Faith is what keeps us in the church house. Faith that, you know what, God uses the same systems, the same people, the same programs, the same continued methods. He has the same plan. He is faithful. And so fact is this is the way God has worked in the past. He will continue to work in this way. Um, faith follows the word of God, not seeing everything yet, but acting by faith. And feeling ought to be the caboose coming behind. Uh, but oftentimes in life, it's reversed. And in life, often we have feelings uh, going the wrong way. And feelings will always follow the facts that you choose to trust. So if we choose to trust in wrong facts, for example, if we choose to trust in our feelings, we're going to lead to a very imbalanced life and imbalanced feelings. And uh, don't you? We, we live in a very emotional society, uh, a society that is led entirely by its feelings. And feelings will always follow the facts that they choose to trust. And so if our feelings are following feelings, we're going to be on a slippery slope. And it's going to be a big roller coaster. Um, sometimes you might feel nobody notices you. People are talking about you. But look, uh, it's a very self-centered conversation. How about thinking of others first? Um, if we don't feel loved, maybe we need to step out and find somebody to love. 
Proverbs 18, verse 24 talks about a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. So following emotions is an easy path. It's an easy path, and a lot of people get this train mixed up, and they're following the feelings. And then if it feels right, then we have the faith to believe God. But if it doesn't feel right, we don't do it. Look at all the Bible characters. Read through your Bible backwards and forwards. The Bible characters that God used relied on faith, not on feelings. Every time. Following emotions, though, is wrong. Following emotions is wrong. Look back in, in, our, in, in our passage here in Galatians 5, where we just were, verse 20, uh, 21. It says, uh, I have told you in time past that they that do such things, it says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So it's, it's wrong, and we know we're following the flesh when we're in the wrong. Following emotions is wrong. It leads us down a dark path, uh, a deceiving path. It can look the same for a while, but the fruit is very different. Emotions are like corn stalks. They grow up quickly, but they're very unstable, and they'll break in the storm. They'll break in the storm. Um, so we can come to a church simply because it feels right, but that's the wrong motive. You don't want to come to church just because this church feels right or that church feels right. Is this where the truth is being proclaimed? We will follow the truth because we love the word of God. Self-centered life, self is in charge, and the interests are directed by self, resulting in discord and frustration. Look, you don't have to sit and explain it away when you're doing right. You can just follow Christ. And when we live a self-centered life, Christ is on the outside of the life. Christ is left outside. That's a self-centered life. It's a very sad life. The S could stand for sadness, all right? Self-centered life. The, the opposite of that is a spirit-filled life. And let's look at that this morning, the spirit-filled life. Turning back to Romans 8 in verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God... They are the sons of God. The Spirit of God. You say, does the Spirit of God ever lead by feelings? Absolutely. But he leads by truth first. Truth first. John 16 and verse 13, Jesus said the truth. Father, lead them through thy truth. The truth is that God will speak, and when he leads, he always leads clearly. God always leads clearly. The spirit-filled living is truth-based. I remember I doubted my salvation for years. Am I saved or am I not saved? Am I saved or am I not saved? I'm not sure. And I remember my pastor asked one question to me when I came down front. And by the way, it's good. When you have a doubt, a question, go ask the preacher. And I asked him. He said to me, is it like a cloud or is it clear? I said, it's a cloud. He said, God always speaks clearly. God always speaks clearly. Helped me. I still struggled with doubts for a few more months. And you know what I decided? Um, there was so much of a cloud that kept coming back and bothering me. I'd hear an invitation. I'd say, man, I don't know if I'm saved or not because I'm living this way and I shouldn't be living this way. So I just finally went out during the invitation of a revival meeting, went out to our van, got on my knees before God right there. And I said, if I didn't mean it last time, I mean it now. I repent of all my sins and turn and trust in Jesus alone. 
Not in this prayer, but just in Jesus alone. Please forgive me. Please cleanse my heart. And you know what? There was peace that came after that point. And I said, you know, get thee behind me, Satan. I've trusted in Christ. I don't care what anybody else says. I've trusted in Christ. And uh, I'm just believing in what he's done. And we're going to move forward. I'm, not, I'm a sinner. He's the Savior. And I'm going to trust him. Okay, so spirit-filled living is based on truth. And now it's trusting, you know what? Jesus died for me. And he said, if I come to him, he would no wise cast me out. So now we're going to trust in that. Uh, Spirit-filled living is truth-based. 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 2, verse 15 and 16, it says, He that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What's the mind of Christ? It's based on truth. And you know, Jesus followed the Father's plan. Can you imagine being God and following God? Standing on the cross, sky turns dark. Father, why hast thou forsaken me? He knew why. But he wanted us to understand his pain. He followed truth. And God always leads us into truth. Following the Spirit this morning is opposite of feeling. Look, life without the Spirit, before receiving Christ... Self is on the throne. Christ is left outside. But by faith, we ought to come to a place where, Lord Jesus, you sit in the driver's seat, and I'm okay with being on the floor. After receiving Christ, he's on the throne. And you know what he says? If he's on the throne, other people will be drawn to Christ. So life with the Spirit of God is letting Christ be on the throne. It's the crucified life. You can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. I have to do it depending on God. Following the Spirit is opposite of feelings. A Spirit-filled life is a truth-based life, and it goes the opposite direction. Um, no person in their right mind in America would leave these comforts to go to Uganda to have to walk and carry your water on your head. The women do all the work, men. That's great, right? They carry all these barrels on their head and bring all the water. That's why the women there are shorter. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to get to hear from Brother Reisinger uh, next Sunday. And his wife's been carrying these, and she's walking with all the village women. She looks out of place over there in Uganda, Africa. There's a lot of disease over there in Uganda, Africa. There's a lot of dirt huts over there. Uh, you say, why would somebody do that? Why? Because they want to see souls get saved. That's why. That's why. Uh, why would Brother Hill and his family, why would they go uh, to England uh, to such a, a very uh, communist-style type of government that's being formed over there? Why would they serve there? Why would they be uh, working and seeking to see this church grow? Why? Because they love souls. It's the opposite of the flesh. And they're trying to follow the Spirit of God. The, the Spirit of God leads opposite feelings. Um, uh, it goes completely against our flesh. Why live in a place where there's no running water? Uh, why live in the midst of guerrilla warfare? Maybe you should just move to California. They're, pretty soon they're not going to have any electricity to pump the water anymore. And uh, they've just got a mess going on out there. And uh, I think they've forgotten how much they need gasoline just to exist. Uh, look, we live in a, in, a, in a nation that's trying to become a third world country. Okay, um, Why? Because we're following feelings instead of God. Okay, As a nation, we've rejected the house of God as a nation. 
And, uh, you know, we, our prayer requests sometimes are so self-centered. Lord, help us to pray right. Let's help us to, to live right. Um, our prayer requests might put the Chinese Christians to shame. Uh, they would be appalled at our flesh-filled living. They would be embarrassed by how little time as Americans sometimes we spend reading the Bible and how much time we spend in entertainment. Um, I tell you, there was one man we met in Bible college. He was from China. He had one leg amputated, and his name was Dan. And I remember him coming up on stage, and he had been there when war had struck and his leg had been blown out. And he had suffered great loss, but you know what? There was great joy. There was great joy in his face. Why? Because he had walked with God, and his life was leading other people to Christ. Following the Spirit is opposite feelings. Where did the Spirit of God lead Philip? Well, he led him out into the middle of the desert to go witness to somebody. And you know, the Spirit of God might just lead you and I somewhere where we need to go. Interesting as well, Tuesday night, divine appointment. You know, it's a blessing to have kids. Eliza doesn't like sitting for two and a half hours in a concert. You might, might not have ever experienced that, right? <laughs> Most of you have, right? A one-year-old does not like sitting for two and a half hours. So we went back to play after, uh, you know, during, during the last bit. And we were kind of in the lobby, and there was another young family out there. And I met that dad, and God's been working in his life. He goes to church right there. We had an awesome conversation, and it's like divine appointment. He said, you know what? There's a men's conference coming up next weekend, the same time the ladies' retreats, when you ladies are going, but it starts on Thursday, and it's in Plattsburgh, and I'm trying to go up there, sneak up there Thursday, and come right back, and then my wife's going to go with you ladies. And, and he said, I'm going to go. I said, why are you going to go? He said, I'm going to go because last year I went, and God spoke to me, and then the devil attacked me, so I'm going back. I said, man, that's, that's what I needed to hear right there. You know, we're going to follow God. He said, you know, the devil attacked me. That's, that will happen, by the way. If God starts to speak to you, the devil will attack. And he says, you know what? I'm going to go right back. Following the Spirit is opposite of our feelings. And so we say, you say, does that mean we're not supposed to have good feelings? No, the feelings will come along if you get the train in the right direction. Okay? Uh, the feelings will start to figure out we're on the right track. A self-centered life leads to darkness. A spirit-filled life leads to the light of God's word. And you can never, uh, you can never uh, confuse the two. Now, sometimes it's, it, we, can, we might, for a time, be able to fake it. We might be able to pretend like we're heading this direction. We might even read the word. We might impress our spouse. We might impress our family. Uh, but at the end of the day, if we're doing it for the wrong motive, quickly it will diminish if it's for a self-centered motive, it will not lead us towards God. We can even read the Bible for the wrong motive. And so a self-centered life leads towards pleasing the flesh, getting self-attention. The spirit-filled life leads toward peace, and it leads toward joy. And look at this. The following of the Spirit, following the Spirit, always brings joy. It always brings joy. Look in Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, you might know them. Fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Uh, against the such, there is no law. See, the Spirit of God produces the ability to love the unlovely, the ability to continue to invest your time in helping people, even if, you know what, uh, you're not, not always received well. So, love gives us a direction to say, you know what, we're going to keep loving 
And the Bible talks a lot about love. The Bible says if we as parents love our children, we will, we will chasten them betimes. God, when he loves us, he chastens us. That means he gives us discipline. Following the Spirit brings joy. It's a result of following the Spirit that we get love, that we get joy, that we get peace. Don't we need that in our homes? Don't we need that in our community? But see, the world tries to pursue love, joy, peace without truth. And that's why it's a, it's a caboose headed behind a train of emotions going nowhere, going down a dead-end road to destruction. Following the Spirit, though, is the opposite way. It always brings joy. What kind of joy? Well, joy knowing that one day when we stand before Christ, he's going to say, well done. Joy knowing that, you know what, it might not be settled down here, but it'll be settled up there. God created us for his glory. He created us to live for him. And we either live based on emotions, emotional living, or we live based on the Spirit of God, Spirit-filled living. And you, you can't do this in your flesh. I have, uh, in the past, I remember trying for many years to live and please God in my own strength. You can't do it. It's impossible. I tried to pastor in my own strength. That didn't work either. Um, now it's just, Lord, whatever you want to have done. And, and look, even this week, meeting with some other pastors, I just told them, I said, man, I believe this is what God's put on my heart, a burden to have a men's meeting and to have a men's conference and have some strong preaching and have some good time together around the word of God. And we're just going to have a, a time of hearing several sermons in a row and get our hearts refreshed on a Friday and a Saturday in January. And we were talking about it and the men said, you know what, we're on board. We're going to make this happen. We're going to work together. We're going to labor together. Why? And I said, man, it doesn't make sense logistically right now. It doesn't make sense uh, completely. But I know this is what God wants us to do. And, and if you're on board, let's do it. Let's do it. And you know what? If God's leading, it's not always because our feelings are up. It's not always because everything's going our way. We've got to follow the word of God. God created us for his glory. And we can only glorify him when we're leading a spirit-filled life. Uh, sometimes we can be grieved over the sins of others, but maybe we ought to say, Lord, you know what? Lord, it's me. It's me standing in the need of prayer. Some little area. I just say some little area, but I need prayer. I need help. I don't want to live in emotions. Uh, I want to live in the spirit. And if we're living in the spirit, yes, we're all going to have emotions, okay? God gave us emotions. Uh, but we ought to check those emotions and make sure they're following faith. Tonight... Or, the, I mean, this morning, we want to follow the Lord and we want to ask Him to help us that we might live by faith. God doesn't want us to live in fear, He wants us to live in, by faith. He doesn't want us to live following folly, He wants us to live by faith. Look, the world just does whatever feels right. If it feels right, do it. But the people of God must walk by faith, not by sight. Let's ask God to help us with that this morning. As we stand for prayer, let's ask God to meet with us. Let's stand together. With their heads bowed and eyes closed as we take this moment of invitation. Maybe God just spoke to our hearts about some area where the flesh has been winning the battle. Following emotions has been a little easy and we could readily admit we follow the easy path instead of the difficult path. And we might be slipping towards the broad way. You say, but I know for sure I'm saved. My friend, we can be saved but live very carnal and not produce fruit. Lord, help us. We should say, Lord, help me to get, make sure I'm staying on the straight and narrow. Make sure I'm climbing the upward, upward way, new heights I'm gaining every day. Let's ask God to help us to follow on the upward way. If the Lord speaking to your heart this morning and 
with me. You would just say, I want to follow faith. I want to follow the Spirit of God, and I don't want to follow my emotions. And maybe God spoke to you like that, and you would just say, Pastor Dan, with you, I agree. I want to follow faith, not emotions. And I'm going to ask God to help me to continue to do that. And if I've been lacking in that, to help me to do it. And if that's you, would you slip your hand right up? They're asking God to help you with this. I want to walk by faith and not by emotions. Let's believe God to work. If you've never put your faith in Christ, quit trusting your own way. Quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to explain it away. Come to Christ, repent of all your own ways, and give him your life. He loves you, he created you, and he wants to fellowship with you. We were created to fellowship with God. He wants to renew you. He wants to revitalize your life. Would you surrender it to him today if you've never done that? Come just as we are. Come and meet with the Lord this morning. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, the piano's going to play in a moment. If you've, if the Lord spoke to you about any area, if you just want to recommit to the Lord, would you take a moment? Would you pray either in your seat? Would you lift your hand to the God that knows and sees? And would you ask and call and cry upon his name? Maybe you want to come forward and pray. However the Lord leads you, would you do business with the Lord this morning? Would you ask him to move? Would you ask him to work? Believing God to work. Father, help us to turn our eyes upon Jesus and to find help this week. We need you more than ever. Help us to influence those around us for the cause of the faith of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. We praise you for how you're going to continue to work. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.